Welcome back to the Straight Up Sports Talk podcast. It's another Friday. It's another weekend prep edition. We made it through another week, Sam. Um, we're just keeping on chugging here. Almost a Thanksgiving. Um, it's just been it's been fun to do this podcast. I think we started doing two episodes a week uh, back in uh, September before the NFL season started. It's just been a good time. It really has. I mean, what, what more could you ask for than twice the NFL content, twice the college football content i mean it's been it's been a blast i've had fun doing this it's, it's definitely fun we thank you for for tuning in along the way as well so we might have one of the best sports weekends this weekend take out the postponement and cancellate cancellation games mm-hmm. might be the best sports weekend i only say that because the masters is on moved to november from april due to covid NFL, college football on Saturday and Sunday. Both those days you're going to have the Masters golf play. I think it's going to be overall a great weekend. Great weekend for me. I love the Masters. I love watching the Masters every year. I think it's, I think it is one of the greatest sporting events of all time, one of the greatest sporting venues of all time. I think it's just going to be a good overall fun sports weekend to watch. Hopefully it is. I think you'd be saying some different Ball State loss yesterday but yeah I, I agree with you Indiana's playing again Notre Dame's playing again against their old former quarterback so that should be fun to watch Purdue still rolling along this should be a great weekend we have a bunch of cancellations but that's not going to stop us from having so much fun no it definitely won't um you you kind of mentioned Ball State there and yeah it would be a different but maybe a different bit of a different tone if Ball State would have lost yesterday but really for Ball State it was the same song second verse but a different ending this time in week number two they get the job done against Eastern Michigan, 38 to 31. Sam, the college football landscape really does not deserve action. Like mm-hmm. what we what we do throughout the year, I don't think we deserve action. It is such a great. I mean, I was talking about this the other day. Action is like take everything, like take all the scenarios that that you know somebody would say about college football and mm-hmm. say, "No, that that would never happen." It happens in action. We saw a fake spike last night for Western Michigan. It was uh, it was overall a great game, Sam. There's been a football game, and there will be a football games every single day this week. Solid, and and I think Maction for me is summed up in basically equally t- like teams are balanced teams going at one versus another. There's no team that's just like too far ahead of the rest. You never know what you're going to get. Ball State losing last week to Miami, Ohio, who then got crushed by Buffalo, unfortunately, this week. But, like, all these games have just been brilliant for me. We saw the Toledo-Western Michigan game yesterday. We saw the uh, uh, who was it? Who did Akron almost beat uh, Ohio, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, you never know what you're going to get with Maction. That's what I just love about it. I've turned my family on to watching some action, whether it's uh, they just happen to turn it on, but they actually turn it on purposely for the Ball State games. They, they seem to be enjoying it's, it. I don't know how to describe Maction. It's just it's just so much fun. It is. It, it's fun to watch. It's entertaining football because, like you mentioned, um, you, you don't really know what's going to happen on any given night. Even when you do think a team is really, really good and, and they're above the rest, mm-hmm. There's still a team that can beat him. I mean, coming into the season, we thought Miami of Ohio was going to be the favorite, maybe Buffalo up there as well. But to this point, they've really kind of you know been held in check for the most part, um, obviously with Miami's quarterback going down. But nevertheless, it's been a fun uh, MAC season so far. And it's really smart decision by the MAC when they return to say, we're, we're going to play on Tuesdays and Wednesdays um, because it gets you the exposure. It gets you the love that you want. Um, and yeah, I, I don't really know the next time that we won't have 
I think the week after Thanksgiving will be the next time that we don't have um, a football game every day of the week. So I think um, from from what was it last from last Saturday. I mean, the last time we did not have a football game was two weeks from Tuesday. A week ago, Maybe. a week ago Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So a week ago. Two days ago, you know, a week ago Tuesday was the last time we did not have a football game on. We will, after that that Wednesday, the MAC opener. A week from yesterday was the MAC opener. We've had a football game, and we'll continue to have football games every single day until probably I think that uh, Tuesday after Thanksgiving. So it'll be fun, uh, be fun to to watch and enjoy and consume football every day of the week. And what I'm most excited about before we move on from this kind of MAC segment, just like. The fact that Ball State uh, is one and one, and when you look at the division, how it's saying it was Central two and zero was playing Western Michigan two and zero, Toledo's playing Eastern Michigan, who has had two tough losses. So potentially, we're going to be second. We're going to be second in the division despite having lost. So I think the Ball State is set up in a great position. Only if they can keep winning, of course. But moving forward, we've got four games left. We can we can still make a run at this thing, and I'm super excited. Yeah, for it. I mean, you, you had your uh, game with Miami that you lost, but you can still get to Detroit mm-hmm. um, if you win the rest of your games. Um, is Caleb Huntley a top ten running back in the FBS? I mean, right now he has been uh-huh. playing phenomenal. Um, he needs to. I, I saw a tweet last night. He needs to average 166 yards per game to get to a thousand yards a season through six games. Six games, a thousand mm-hmm. yards. Um, He's averaged 166. He had over 200 last night and three touchdowns. He might be one of the top 10, top 12, top 15 running backs in FBS right now. Yeah, I I don't know about top 10 because I'd obviously have to go through and think. He's definitely up there. I saw I I get the email list for the stats from the MAC, and he's currently leading the MAC in rushing right now, and it's super impressive. I think it's like over 100 yards is the next um, running back, I think, from Toledo or someplace. But he's really good. I don't know if he's top 10 good, but I think he's definitely in the conversation for top 10. Again, I don't I don't have a clear top 10 in my mind, but I think he he's definitely raising some eyebrows he, with all these with all this national attention we're getting with these uh, midweek games when there's no other games on and people are purposely tuning into the action. He's getting some uh, talent. I don't know whether you saw there was a New Orleans scout at week one, so. Caleb Huntley has the potential, maybe not, maybe not get drafted in the NFL, but at least get a UDFA deal coming out of the draft next year. Yeah, def- definitely for sure. I, I think he's, you know, one of the better running backs in college football at this point. A lot of college football to come this weekend on Saturday. Indiana, the tenth ranked team in the nation. It feels crazy that we're saying that, but they are three and zero. They travel to Michigan. You, you mentioned it earlier in the week when we were talking, Sam. It could be a bit of a trap game for the Hoosiers because they have Ohio State on the docket next week. So what is what is going to be key for, for IU in this game to, to make sure they take care of Sparty there in, in the northern state this weekend? It's definitely going to have to go through Michael Penix at the end of the day. That's the key to success at the end of the day. IU's defense has been unbelievable. But their rushing game has just been lackluster. Stevie Scott and Samson James have done a – have done a decent job, but they haven't looked fantastic. I believe they're averaging like three to four yards per carry on the season. Nothing too outlandish. I think Caleb Huntley's averaging like six on the season, like just for comparison's sake. But it's definitely going to have to go through Michael Penix at the end of the day. And Michigan State's been streaky at times. They've lost to Rodgers, beat Michigan, then had that devastating loss to Iowa. And now they go into Hoosiers. 
Which Michigan State are we going to get? Are we going to get the one that looked just terrible in that 42-point loss, or are we going to get the team that beat Michigan? So it's definitely a trap game in the making for the Hoosiers. They can't be too cocky going into this game. But I I like Indiana's chances uh, going to to East Lansing. I do too. I I think you you hit the nail right on the head there when saying that the running game is kind of the biggest deficit at this point for, for IU. Their passing game, what we've seen, they've got the receivers and in, in, in the knowledge and the know-how to do that, but the running game could use some improvement. Um, and I think if they can run the ball well against Michigan State, I think they win. Their defense obviously has been very good this season. Um, I think they got to step up as well. And, and you know, we mentioned it, it could be a trap game, and I don't really like using that term when talking about, you know, football games, basketball games, whatever you want to talk about. I, I just don't like the term. Um but I think I think they got the right. I think I think the Tom Allen factor comes into effect this weekend because I think he can get this team focused on the task at hand and saying, "Hey, we, we just have to go and win this game." And I think I think that's kind of been the motto of IU is just let's just go get the next one. And 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 this team is you know like I said uh, last week, they're 110 percent bought into Tom Allen, and uh, I think that's where the Tom Allen factor comes in with with IU this weekend. Yeah, I, 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 I hope that's the case because outside of this season, like I feel like this is just a perfect season in the making for India. I think everything just fell together in place. So this is a season if you want to make a run for it when everything's happening with cancellations, this is the year to do it. Because let's let's be honest, when when's the next time do you honestly think Indiana's going to be in the college football playoff con- consideration? They can, of course, be in the consideration of the upper-class Big Ten teams. But I don't think we're going to have another year like this, even as good as Tom Allen is, to say Indiana's in this elite class of uh, college football programs. Yeah, I mean, I haven't really looked at, at the roster in terms of age, mm-hmm. you know, what, what guys, um, who's going to be graduating this year, but I know we got another year out of Phoenix. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I, I think this could be some success that we see sustained for a few years. But I think. college football playoffs. No, okay, yeah, college yeah. football playoffs That's might be a little bit of a different yeah. story, I think, with the unique circumstances. Um, I, st- I still think we're a little ways away from, mm-hmm. from Indiana being genuinely considered for a college football playoff spot because, yeah, they are number 10, and you obviously have to include them in that conversation, but – also, you have Ohio State sitting there, and so even if you make it to the to the Big Ten title game, and um, you let's say I think we well, in the same division as Ohio State, so you have to beat Ohio State to, to essentially get there, or hope Ohio State trips up along the way. Um, I, I still think with that Ohio State barrier there, and um, you know you'd have to get it done in the Big Ten championship if you wanted, because that's also another interesting point. Because you mentioned the cancellations. The Ohio State-Maryland game got canceled this weekend, so they're already going to play one less game. So what happens, you know, like we've said before, what happens if IU gets to 8-0 somehow or 7-1 maybe and Ohio State's sitting there at 6-0? What do you do? Who do you let in? I think it's going to be an interesting conversation. I think whichever way you go, you're going to have pushback from from each respective side. But, um yeah, like you mentioned, with, with the unique circumstances, I definitely think it could happen this year because you said it's becoming shaping up to be one of those seasons that is obviously going to be for the record books but is also just going to be you know, historic and, and 
memorable and ingrained in, in Hoosiers fans' minds. Yeah, I think no doubt. I think when when we're looking ten years down, when we're ten years down the road, we're gonna look at the season as some special. Hopefully, hopefully they don't just like tank out the rest of the season and then it just like this was all for naught. This was just a like nice little run they had there. But hopefully we can we can go five years down the road, ten years down the road, and look at the season and be like Tom Allen created something special here. This is the year we got to witness the rise of the Indiana football program, which hasn't really been relevant since the 80s and 90s. Yeah, definitely. You had the season last year that kind of kick-started. And following it up this year, I thought that was you know one of the most important things. you got to follow it up with a good season, and they did that. So you sit across the table for me with a Notre Dame shirt on today. They're at Boston College this weekend. I, I kind of like Boston College to cover the spread here. Uh, I think Notre Dame's a two-touchdown favorite or somewhere around there. I kind of like Boston College to cover. I think Notre Dame's going to not necessarily lay an egg but not come out as, as flashy as they did against Clemson. And this is a revenge game, honestly, for Phil Yurkovich because if you don't know the story, uh, Phil Yurkovich was the plan starter before Ian Book decided to return to college. And so then when he realized he did an opportunity, he decided to transfer, ended up uh, going to Boston College. They almost beat Clemson two weeks ago. And now they got a chance to take down Notre Dame. So I, I think I agree with you. I think this is going to be – Bill Yurkovich is going to come out of his mind because he's, he's had a chance to practice against Notre Dame for the past, like, two seasons. It's not obviously the same as game film, obviously. But you get that experience. You know the playbooks. I feel like Boston College is going to be in a great place for success. Maybe not a win, but as you said, at least cover the spread. Yeah, I think it will be a close game or closer than – Notre Dame fans would hope to be, but uh, Notre Dame, though, I mean, that, that win against Clemson, they looked very, very impressive. Um, I, I kind of like the way, the the in the way, way, I wish I could talk today, Sam, I really do. I kind of like where Notre Dame is sitting at this point in the season, kind of on pace for an ACC championship. Wouldn't that be something if they win it their first year in officially in the ACC? In only year, because it doesn't seem like they're going to be going back to the system. Like, I've had talks with my brother who's a former student in it it doesn't really make sense logistically like I was talking about it like their strength of schedule goes down with playing these ACC schools outside of obviously Clemson that obviously raises it but until the ACC gets to a place where they're just dominant across the board like a Big Ten or a SEC I don't think you're going to see Notre Dame join the ACC anytime soon because you're going to lose those rivalry games with uh, USC and Michigan and all that that like brings up your strength to schedule with the with the loss of the conference championship game. You need those rivalry games. That's what Notre Dame's all about, the rivalries. And unfortunately, I don't think they continue to play in the ACC after this year. Yeah, I agree. If they win it, maybe it sways a little bit. But, you know, the TV deal as well. I mean, they have that deal with NBC. That would be gone mm-hmm. if they if they And they have to the split ACC. the revenues with the rest of the conference too. So, yep. So, yeah, that would be gone. They're they're really kind of just wheeling and dealing right there in South Bend because you have that big NBC deal um, that that brings you in money. And, like you said, the rivalries, everything else, I think it would be too hard of a transition. Um, And and really not even a transition, not necessarily the difficulties of transition, but a transition that Notre Dame wants to make. I think they're in a pretty good position to not belong to a conference. Obviously, COVID affected that because of – uh, scheduling instability, but um, yeah, I think they stay where they are as an independent. I, I agree with you there. A couple other games this weekend. Purdue back in action this week. Um, they missed last week. Wisconsin had COVID. 
Uh, they're hosting number 23 Northwestern. Peyton Ramsey, the quarterback at Northwestern, is kind of uh, doing some some good things after he left IU. Did some good things at IU, but he, he kind of knew the situation. It was going to be Penix. Goes to Northwestern. has got him in a really good spot after Northwestern sucked last season. Yeah, and but what's interesting is this Northwestern team, I don't think anybody expected them to be as good as they are, but Pat Fitzgerald, their head coach, has just turned around this program. They started out with that win against Maryland by 40, beat Iowa in a close one, beat Nebraska in a close one. So it's, it's going to be a really close game. Purdue's had two close games against Iowa, their, their common opponent there in Illinois. So I think this is going to be a really one of the best games to watch of the season or one of the best games to watch of the week considering all the cancellations you have. I, I don't, I'm not leaning one way or the other which team's going to have the edge here. I think it's just going to be some good football down to the wire. Probably last person who gets it uh, wins the game. I think Purdue wins it. Um, I, I think they're... I think they're not as good as people give them. Or I think they're better than people are giving them credit for. Um, I, I think they're pretty good. Um, I, I don't really know what it is, but I just think they're really good. I think their offense is pretty good. I think their defense complements it well. I think I think Purdue wins this one. You have the home factor, um, and you get a win before you go to Minnesota the following week. So I, th- I think Purdue wins this one. I, I kind of like the Boilermakers. I think David Bell's a really, really good receiver. Um, maybe better than Rondell Moore. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see with that game. That, that'll be a good game. Like you said, it could come down to who has the, the uh, ball in their possession last. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was eight games canceled this week or postponed due to COVID, one of them being Ohio State-Maryland. Sam, do you really blame the, the Terps for, for canceling out on Ohio State? Don't have to don't have to go in uh, or don't have to get blown out at home to, to the Buckeyes? I don't, I don't think they want to cancel because no. anytime you get to play a team like Ohio State, you wanted to. Like, you don't think, like, ball, like of course, like, Ball State probably would have lost to Michigan and Indiana, but don't you relish the fact, even if we lost by 30, we still had a chance to go to Ann Arbor or Bloomington and play a Big Ten team because aside from the money of it, it's exciting to watch. I want to see a team like an Eastern Michigan upset an Illinois team, and that's that's what college football is all about, these upsets. And seeing the, the progress and development of Tua's brother, Talia, he's looked super impressive. I don't think he would have done amazing things against this Ohio State defense, but I, I certainly would have loved to watch uh, Ohio State try to uh, figure out Tua's brother. Yeah, I, I'm not saying that, that they wanted the game to be canceled, but... You know, it, well, it's not like their game against Rutgers got canceled, where yeah. it's a free win, um, essentially, mm-hmm. um, unless you're uh, Michigan State. Uh, but, yeah, it, it, overall, you know, I think it would have been a, a fun game to watch. And that's something, Sam, too, that I, that I heard this week that I found interesting. You, you mentioned those, uh, you know, the Eastern Michigan-Illinois games or when Ball State goes and plays an IU or a Michigan. Um, I heard an interesting thing that uh, in the next few years you really won't see those. Okay. Because of the COVID um, pandemic that took away fundings, that 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 athletic department, college athletic departments are struggling right now to just make ends meet. You will see those games where IU pays Ball State a half a million dollars to come play them and get and IU gets the win. Um, you'll see those games disappear because they can't afford to do it. Maybe, maybe that's the case, but hopefully we can cross our 
fingers because 2021, I want to go to Happy Valley and watch the Penn State Ball State game. Like I understand it's a deep trip or whatever, but I'm here for it. I know I my uh, co-host for the Max Sports uh, Bandwagon podcast is from Pennsylvania. We'd probably go to the game together. Like that'd just be uh, so much fun. And I think you, with, if you eliminate those games, you eliminate part of college football with it because. What else is what else is there to talk about other than Appalachian State somehow beating Michigan? Like like you have your normal conference games, but the non conference upsets are just like I like I don't know how to describe it. It's like Maction. It's just like so wild. You're just like, how in the heck did a Georgia Central Tech go into um uh, Arkansas and beat the Razorbacks? Like it's just special. It's fun to watch these underdogs are just like you just can't take them away. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, they're just they're, yeah, like you mentioned, they're the fun to watch the Appalachian states and the Michigans, um, and, and those types of games that, that college football you know kind of thrives on, and, and you only get one, uh, you know maybe once a year, maybe less than that. But uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Other games that got canceled at Texas A&M at Tennessee, Alabama at LSU got canceled, Georgia, Missouri, and Auburn, Mississippi State. Those are kind of the notable games. They got canceled or postponed. Moving over to the NFL, the other side of the football, the football that happens on the Sunday. Uh, Big Ben of the Steelers could be out on Sunday due to COVID. He got put on the list earlier this week, deemed a high, uh, high close contact with somebody who tested positive. I don't really think that affects the Steelers too much against the Bengals, do you? I think it does. When you look at what they did last week against the Cowboys, I understand they still get a wall. But this Bengals team, despite the record, is better than people give them credit for. Like, I had them, I think it was the the spread against, I think it was the Titans last week I got the win there. Because people didn't have a high hopes on the Bengals, but yet they keep games close. No matter whether it's losing the Browns by three, the Colts by four, the winning, beating the Jaguars by eight, tying with the Eagles, losing the uh, Chargers by three. Uh, losing to the Browns by five, and their lone exception was the Ravens game. But other than that, without Big Ben putting in Mason Rudolph as your starting quarterback, like people don't give enough credit. I understand the record, but this Brent Bengals team is better than what their record speaks for. Yeah, I think there are, but I think the Steelers are pretty good. I think they learned some lessons last week um, against the, the Cowboys. And uh, I, I don't think it affects him too much um, against the Bengals. It, it will affect it. It'll be a little bit of a closer game, but maybe not maybe not as much as, as you would hope for, Sam. I, I don't know, but when you look at the Steelers' schedule, besides blowing out the Browns by 31, they've kept everybody else close. Giants 10, Broncos 5, Texans 7, uh, Eagles 9, Browns 31, Titans 3, Ravens four, Cowboys five, and the only game without Big Ben, which they still had him from a decent amount, was the Cowboys. So even with Big Ben, they're struggling to dominate teams outside the Browns game. So I think the Bengals, I'm not saying they'll win it, but as as I'll talk about in my locks, they could definitely keep it close. The spread six and a half. I, I think the, the Browns could keep it within a field goal. All right, we'll, we'll find out. Locks coming up a little bit later on in this show. A few more things to get here right uh, right now, Sam. Mm-hmm. Who's the best quarterback in the National Football League? I mean, we didn't have too many big news dumps this weekend in the NFL. So who is right now, who's the best quarterback in the league? Not overall, mm-hmm. not on the season. Right now, who's the best quarterback in the league? 
I, I've been high on the Russ train, I know. I'm not going to say Russ, and it's I'm going to go with the Aaron Rodgers. The amount that Aaron Rodgers has had to overcome is just unbelievable in the numbers he's putting up. And I've been a big fan of Russell Wilson, but he has two solid weapons. He's got Tyler Lockett, uh, DK Metcalf that everybody's raving about. And not only Chris Carson, their running back. Like, he's got weapons out there. Aaron Rodgers is doing it with Devontae Adams and the equipment manager, essentially. And he's still putting up the numbers. Devontae Adams has been out uh, numerous games. Besides one or two games where Aaron Rodgers just kind of collapsed, He's looked so impressive. The amount of just dots, the amount of just like fire he's playing with since they drafted uh, the the guy at Utah State. I'm I'm blanking on his name right now. It's it's just Jordan, um, Love. Jordan Love. It's just unbelievable. He's out to prove himself, and I think he's arguably MVP. Just with with they didn't trade for uh, they didn't trade for a wide receiver on the trade deadline. They didn't draft a first round. Uh, receiver and Aaron Rodgers still has them in a position to do really well and potentially be the first seed in the NFC. I don't think he's out to prove himself. I think he's just out enjoying the game of football. If you watch, if you watch him on the Pat McAfee show every Tuesday, I think I mentioned it, that he's on the Pat McAfee show every mm-hmm. Tuesday. But um, if if you listen to a few interviews or post game interviews, I think he's just having fun, enjoying the game. I, I don't know necessarily if he's trying to prove himself. I think he's already yeah. proved himself. He's just out there enjoying football, and that's what makes a quarterback good. Someone who's not all caught up in the numbers and, and how he performs each week, but just goes out and enjoys it. You said Aaron Rodgers. I, I would I would take Aaron Rodgers any of the day of the week. I would say that right now, based on recent success, Drew Brees. He's been criticized because he can't throw the deep ball, but um, and he's been his offense has been criticized because he doesn't have that many weapons. He found 11 or 12. I don't even know what the final count was on Sunday night. I know at one point he had uh, completions to 11 different receivers, mm-hmm. um, and, and you know a quarterback that can that can find 11 different guys and, and trust 11 different guys to catch the football. Um, I think is just is just uh, amazing and, and fun to watch. I think Drew Brees might be the funnest quarterback in the league to watch right now. His offense might not be as flashy, but he gets the job done. And and I kind of I, I really like the the way the the Saints are headed at this point in the season. Yeah, the direction I, that I, I do like I do like the Saints. I think they're fun. I I don't know. It's just the fact that people even like I go back to fantasy football a lot. It's like Aaron Rodgers was. Not even like the sixth or seventh uh, drafted quarterback. Everybody was on Aaron or uh, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, and Aaron Rodgers just comes out of nowhere. I draft him because I believe in him, and it's just like, like I like every time I watch Aaron Rodgers, he just amazes me. Every game, what it is, his chemistry with Devontae Adams is unbelievable. Like Drew Brees obviously has his chemistry with uh, Michael Thomas, who's been hurt of late, but it's just like. He gets it done, whether it's Robert Tanyan, whether it's Alan Lazard, whether it's Jay Sternberger, whether it's uh, uh, Jay Kumaro, who they uh, who's on the Bills practice squad now from a year ago. Like he just finds ways to get it done, and I like the way that Malafour has him in this offense, just flourishing. They're not giving the ball too much to Aaron Jones, which I think they seem to do a little bit too much last year. I think they're letting AR cook in a way. Not not I'm changing it from let Russ cook. They're letting AR cook. I don't know. I don't know how well Aaron Rodgers cooking is. I know you can get a good deal on his insurance, but yeah, uh, yeah let you know Russ cooks. I think they've turned that into like a Thanksgiving uh, donation fundraiser. Mm-hmm. That's pretty fun to see as well. 
Uh, we got some big games to mention this weekend. Maybe not the most attractive game that we that we would have looked at and said you know before the season, but the Chargers Dolphins I think could be a really good game. You got Justin Herbert to it, Loa coming out of the same draft class. I think this is going to be a good matchup. Tua has just looked very very good through his two starts so far. Yeah, I think I think I was like the, among the majority where he didn't have the best first game, 93 passing yards, and then. He just came in and played against the Cardinals. I don't think I expected them to get a, a win against Kyler Murray, but he found a way to get it done, and I think that's what impressed me. He stepped up when he needed to. He got the game ball, which he later gave to his coach, which I thought was a cool gesture, like, hey, you trusted me. I'm going to give this to you to show uh, my respect towards you. And this is just going to be two fun offenses going back and forth. Dolphins obviously have the better defense there. I believe they're one of the top defenses uh, scoring-wise and whatnot in the league. So Herbert's gonna have to is gonna have his hands full, but this is this is definitely a game to watch going into this week. Yeah, it definitely will be. Not that it it, it could have uh, AFC playoff implications on the line. Those two teams, um, the Dolphins in particular, trying to get that uh, AFC East title slash potential wildcard spot. I don't think the Chargers will make the playoffs based on their performance. I don't mm-hmm. think they can win enough games to make the wild card. They've got a very, very tough division in the AFC West. But, yeah, it would be a good matchup to see two quarterbacks duel it out. Um, Bucks and Panthers, the main reason is the Bucks just need a win to keep their playoff hopes alive. Mm-hmm. After getting blown out by the Saints, you got to get done against the Panthers to keep those playoff hopes alive. So, let's get to our locks. Uh, you, you took the lead after last week. You're now 11-7 and seven on the season. Who do you like this week in your picks? Uh, I'll start out with the one I did mention earlier. I'll go Lions minus 4.5 versus Washington football team. I think this is a clear cut. It's Matthew Stafford versus Alex Smith at the end of the day. And no matter how bad the Lions defense is, I don't think Wash, uh, Alex Smith dinking and dunking it to Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick. They do have Terry McLaurin, but they don't use him enough. So I think this is going to be a clear Matthew Stafford game where he just gets it done. I like Lions minus 4.5 at home. And then second pick, I got Bengals plus 6.5 at Steelers. As I mentioned, Steelers keeps games close. Bengals keeps uh, games close. I know Big Ben's out. I think they have like two or three other players. I think Jalen Samuels is one of them. I think that hurts the Steelers more than they kind of think. I know they had time to deal without him with the knee injuries and whatnot, but I think the Bengals, well, whether or not he plays, it's going to be lack of practice time or whatnot. I think I think the Bengals can keep it within the six-and-a-half-point spread. I don't like that pick. I like okay. the Steelers minus six-and-a-half. Okay. I, I think the Steelers beat him by a touchdown, no matter who's playing quarterback. Mason Rudolph's not the best quarterback. I think the Steelers beat him by a touchdown. I just don't like it. I think uh, it's kind of a trap pick because the Steelers, you know, almost lost last week. I think the Steelers win that game. I, I think they, I think they cover the six and a half too. I, I just, um, I, I think they're just a touchdown better than than Cincinnati. Okay. We'll, we'll see. Uh, and it's a home Pittsburgh game too. I'm gonna go with Texans. Uh, I'm gonna look at the Texans Browns matchup. I'm going with Browns minus three and a half. They 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 need a win. You know they need a win. Uh, so so I'm gonna go with the Browns in in that game. At the end of the day, it's the Texans. They're not that good. Sure, they beat the the Jaguars last week, but you know it, it it's the Jaguars. The, the Browns lost to the Raiders. Uh, what was that two weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're on by this week. I, I like the I like the Browns over the Texans. Um, it's it's in Cleveland. 
Uh, so so uh, give, give me the Browns and uh, them to cover the three and a half. And give me, this is the first time we've done this on our picks, but give me the Chargers and the Dolphins over 48 and a half. I think the Tua, uh, Tua Taiwan Loa, Justin Herbert factor comes in here. I think that uh, it's going to be a high-scoring dueling game that is going to be full of offense. We, we see the Dolphins are full of offense. The Chargers can be when they want to be. I think this is going to be somewhere around a 31-24, 35-27, 35-30, somewhere around in there. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored in uh, down there in Miami this weekend. I, I hope that's the case. I I'm not I'm not one to bet the under because I just don't like the philosophy of betting the under. I just don't personally. It's not a good way to live. Yeah, it's really not like a Blake, your roommate, bet on the Ball State under didn't really work out for him that well. But I I hope. But the only problem is you have two high scoring offenses. Dolphins defense has been really solid. We I hope it's high scoring as it looks on paper, but. It could also turn the other way where it just flat out disappoints. It could be 14-10 by the end of the third. I hope I, I don't hope that's the case, but when you have two high scoring offenses that everybody projects 60 plus points, it doesn't usually end up well. Yeah, but they're not predicting that. Yeah. According to Fandle, they only think uh, it's uh, 48 and a half is the over right now. So uh, give me that one. Um, but yeah, like you mentioned, the offense you, when they're expected to score a lot of points, they normally don't. Don't say that, Sam. It makes me rethink <laughs> my picks. But I'm not going to. But the under, I think the under is just a bad way to live your life. You're rooting for terrible football every week. You're rooting for them no points to be scored, which is not good football. Sam, mm-hmm. uh, you got anything else before we head out this evening on this lovely Thursday evening? Not really. Uh, Ball State's got another opportunity. We're going to, I'm at least, I don't know about you, Grant, but I'm going to be at the Bronze Stock game next Wednesday rooting on uh, Ball State. So hopefully we can get it done. Hopefully uh, uh, continue that Detroit or Bust motto because otherwise I'm just going to be really disappointed in this team that should be better than it is. That should have beat a Miami, Ohio team that just got spanked against uh, Buffalo. But other than that, I don't think there's, there's much to talk about this week. Yeah, um, I agree. Um, it, it should be fun to watch Ball State uh, continue their uh, football run here. Let's hope they can continue it on, like you said, Detroit. That's going to be it for the weekend prep edition of the Straight Up Sports Talk podcast. Make sure you tune in on Monday. We'll wrap up this weekend in sports, overreact to all of the sports that there was over the weekend. Enjoy your football this weekend, really. It'll be a good weekend.